Here Hello. On, the, on the Grantastic Podcast with the one and only Evan the Sitar Man, who we are hey. thank you so much, and Kat as well. I don't know if you guys can see her, but she's here. Thank you so much as well for coming. Um, how is your day going? Happy Valentine's Day. Like, yeah, that's... it is Valentine's Day. Yeah, um, it's going well. I'm I'm up here for like uh, I'm playing this like AI tech conference thing up here, mm-hmm. which is unusual for yeah. a tuesday evening definitely yeah yeah it's uh it's uh definitely um it's the day of the week so you know what i mean so yeah hopefully people are gonna especially it's valentine so hopefully people come through and everything <laughs> yeah um it should be fun um but it's always like a treat whenever i get to come to san francisco the city is just uh, yeah it just has like so much character to it um yeah there's a lot of creativity here and just like as well as just the history, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going all the way back, I mean, even 50s with poet, poets, mm-hmm. and then 60s, Psychedelic Raw, Janis Joplin, Fundamentals of Love, and then like 80s was the punk era and everything, and Yeah. the techno, so yeah, it's definitely, and it's great when we have artists from SoCal who come up here and just get to experience that and give us your knowledge and uh, experience, and we just share. Yeah, yeah, um, it's always a treat to be here, it really that, is. Yeah, I mean, so I just guess going all the way back, are you born and raised here in California? Yeah, so I'm from uh, Visalia, which is kind of smack dab in the middle of Fresno and Bakersfield. So okay. very kind of agricultural, small town kind of Definitely. feel to it. Um, yeah, it's it's a good place to grow up, but not not a place you want to stay. Yep, I, I'm from Sacramento, so I, oh, okay. I, I, I okay. understand, right. I understand the it. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same same kind of vibe Sweet. over there. Um, yeah, I, I left when I was like 18. As soon as I was kind of mm-hmm. like old enough to look around and kind of see, like, oh, the adults living here have literally like never left yeah, here. that's the thing. And I kind of knew from from young that that's not what I was, wanted to do. Was there any creativity, would you say? Or is it kind of same thing in Sacramento? It was hard to find like an outlet like for music yeah, or anything. Yeah, I mean, there were outlets. Um, there were outlets. I was in the marching band cool. growing up like through junior high and high school playing saxophone. Mm-hmm. And that was like my entire life. There. Sweet. Like just playing saxophone and... Um, yeah, it, it was a. It it was hard to find any outlets outside of. Definitely. That. Definitely. Um, yeah. And then when from eighteen, did you just automatically? Cause you're in SoCal now. Yeah, yeah. Did you just automatically like I want to go to SoCal? This is where. Um, I moved to Ojai for about a, a year or two. Um, when I was eighteen, cause I had um some friends out there that I had met and kind of fell in love. It's super artsy. Mm-hmm. town lots of music and lots Sweet. of culture there and um so i moved there for a couple of years and then started getting into sitar and met my sitar teacher when he was playing a show there Sweet. and um i had been like messing around with sitar a little bit and then i saw him play and i was like whoa okay this is Heck this yeah. is like next level so i started taking lessons from him and then eventually moved down to southern california to like study with him amazing so 
did you before meeting him did you know what the sitar was yeah did you have, did you have the instrument or? yeah so it's this sitar actually when i was 16 my mm-hmm. grandparents um were traveling in india and they um um i they they asked me to come with them and my school was like no you can't take two months off to go to india and um they my grandparents asked me if they could bring anything back and i was like i should get a sitar because i knew sitar from like george harrison and mm-hmm. beatles and stuff yep yep yeah i i yeah see, we love george, george <laughs> you know? yeah um so they went to the ricky rom store in new delhi and yeah i know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sweet and and they brought back this electric travel size sitar and brought it back and i i remember opening the case and being like kind of baffled by it like i i'd played guitar growing up a little bit and i remember like just trying to play it like a guitar mm-hmm. and being able to make some cool sounds out of it but I, my Definitely. kind of concept of sitar in indian classical music was like non-existent yeah. at that time so um so i was kind of messing around on it and like jamming with it and jamming with friends and then when i heard my now star teacher play it was kind of this mind-blowing like whoa okay yeah. this is like what this instrument is about definitely there's yeah. the thing about it was like kind of the same feeling just like when i heard it like i saw that video of course with robbie and george teaching yeah, yeah, and then yeah. actually seeing one and then like went to berkeley and just seeing them play it puts you in a whole nother like mindset like like i love you know guitars and western theory and everything but eastern theory it's just I don't know if there's a spirituality to it or this appreciation, but there's something like a deeper meaning of like hearing some of the notes and the tones and the harmonics. It's just mind blowing. Well, the th- the thing with Indian classical music that I like to think about is is it is just so much older than yeah. like Western classical music. It, it's it's like a tea that has been brewing for mm. thousands of yeah. years longer than any kind of western classical music yeah. tradition um and um it it really when you hear certain players and certain masters play or sing it's like you can hear those thousands of years of tradition yeah, in it definitely and so from your teacher what style did you learn because um my my heart garana ravi mm-hmm. shankar style okay okay um so he is uh my teacher is paul livingstone and he's one of ravi shankar's very few American disciples. Wow, amazing. Yeah, so I feel really lucky to mm. be in that musical lineage. Definitely. And then from the time you were learning and everything, because I know you post, you know, sitar with like techno, house yeah, music. Yeah. How did that come along from? Um, all growing up, you know, I was, was very into electronic music and very mm. experimental music. Um, you know, when I was in high school was during the time that, like, Dead Mouse was, like, getting popular and yep, Skrillex was, yep, like, starting yep. to, like, the whole dubstep thing mm-hmm. was starting to come alive. And so I was, like, very into electronic music growing up. And, and it the way that Indian classical music came into my life was at a very similar time as I was starting to dive more into more niche areas of electronic music and house music Mm 
Um, and the two of those things kind of just had a natural progression of, of fusing Sweet. themselves together yeah, for me. Definitely. Yeah. Um, did you, would you say your main focus is techno though? You, yeah. Is that what yeah. you're trying to promote and everything? Definitely. Definitely. And techno is such a like wide umbrella, um, of, of music, but I, I think there's something particularly about techno music and Indian classical music that have a certain overlap because both are very much based in rhythm and like yeah. mood. Yeah, definitely. You know? that's, yeah, that's all sitar right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Indian classical music is the same thing. Like there's no harmony. Mm -hmm. There's no like fancy chord progressions going yeah. on. It's like purely based on like the overall feeling and mood and emotion mm -hmm. of a piece and like the rhythmic aspect definitely. of it. Sweet. And just with techno, I mean, have you done uh, like other genres? Like, I mean, when you think of sitar, a lot of people first things go to my psychedelic rock. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? Exactly. Did you ever mix or definitely get into that a little bit? Definitely. I was playing in before COVID, before the pandemic. I was playing and touring with a band called Paracosmic, which was very Sweet. much like a psychedelic funk, like a heck, P funk. Oh heck yeah! Band, and I was playing mostly saxophone and keyboards, but a little bit of sitar in Sweet. that as well. And I definitely have a love for that kind of music and a lot of different genres of, of music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's... Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's, that's so great. And I guess how has it been, you know, being in SoCal, you know, and doing this guitar? Because I have a few people on the podcast, you know, who've been to SoCal and now they, you know, they all live here just mm -hmm. because that whole culture and everything and yeah. the yeah, grind yeah. and... How people like care about one certain thing about looks and stuff instead mm -hmm. of like just be yourself. I mean, what has yeah. that been the journey for you or for both of you? You know, what has that been like? Um, well, I'm very lucky. I live in a small neighborhood of Los Angeles called Altadena, Sweet. which <clears throat> does not feel like Los Angeles at all. Amazing. We're like tucked right up next to the mountains, and it has a very kind of mountain town sort mm -hmm. of vibe to it and yeah. and it's only 20 minutes to downtown LA but there's a certain feeling of the the area where where Kat and I live that is um um magical for less of a better word yeah just down to earth folks yeah just, exactly just love okay you know I actually live ac across the street from from Paul my sitar teacher oh oh that's so <laughs> yeah. amazing man we yeah. love the community yeah exactly exactly so th there is like this very strong presence of Indian classical music mm. and he has like another student of his living with him right now sweet and we're practicing together all the time and and that sort of community as especially for something like sitar or anyone outside of India studying Indian classical music, it, it is so much a language. And if you're not constantly speaking that language yeah. and having somebody to communicate with in that mm -hmm. language, it's so easy to like get lost, get lost and, and to let things slide. That That's definitely so true. Just like when I was starting, mm -hmm. you know, like the terminology matters so deeply and yeah. then like having an actual teacher versus like you pick a guitar or piano you know you could go to youtube and just learn your skills whatever but yeah there's so much i mean there are good teachers i understand on youtube but it's hard to find those solid people and like if you just go type in sitar teacher or teach me something whatever, <laughs> you're yeah. gonna find so many random things it's not yeah. gonna be correct. you gotta like go find someone who you can like be face to face yeah, with and exactly. actually build 
like also like this platonic connection where you two can understand each other and yeah grow so yeah exactly exactly yeah I, i feel so lucky for where we are like my the other sitar student who's living with my teacher right now yeah um We'll, like, get lunch, and we're, like, trying to figure out tea highs that start from, like, oh, heck beat yeah. 10 or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, like, just stuff like that that, that makes, m- m- makes kind of our living situation and where we are. Definitely. Like, I wouldn't change that for the world. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you, why would you? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so, it's just, like, it fits so well with your life. Why would you want to change any of that? Yeah. And just even just talking about, just like you're saying, thinking about sitar and everything, Mm -hmm. for people who want to get into it, but, you know, it's hard to be fully committed, they have other things going on in their life, Mm -hmm. how would you say or suggest they, like, balance their time with it? Because I realize the sitar is like, it's not like an instrument you can play for maybe an hour, you know, you gotta really, gotta grind into it. Um, There's, first of all, finding... A teacher that you can go to mm-hmm. regularly is like number one. Without Definitely. without that, it's really difficult to make any sort of real progress with the instrument. And the second thing is to have like a really kind of strict practice time. And yeah. and for me and for a lot of Indian classical musicians, that's like first thing in the morning. Definitely. And um, it, m- my teacher kind of always said. If you wake up and you have an amazing morning riaz or morning practice and everything else in your day goes to shit, at least something yeah. about your day yeah. went well, yeah. you know? It's yeah. like, and there is a lot of truth to that. It's like, it's like if you wake up and the first thing you do is, is practice. Yeah. Like, definitely. that's yeah. such an amazing way to start a that's day. That's literally like the other thing, I think it was someone posted, like this Navy SEAL, he said like, you know, first thing you should do is make your bed because if you have a bad day, at least you have a bed that's made that you can go into and stuff. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, definitely I think and like your mind is so fresh. I don't know for some people like I get that like when you wake up you just have a clear mind. Yeah, and yeah, that's so, so true. That so is why, so true. Why not practice now? Because I don't know. At least for me, like at nighttime, I'm kind of gone. I'm yeah. tired. It's like yeah. I'm not. I'm just gonna get a little bit sloppier. It's yeah, just, yeah. Especially with the like, cause I'm I've been waking up pretty early. Um, for for my practice lately, and there's something about that time, like right before sunrise, where nobody's up, nobody's texting you, nobody's mm. like, hey, can you send me stems for this track? Can you yeah. like, can you do this recording? Can you? It's like none of that is like in the air. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just you and the instrument. Yeah, which is like what you should be doing. So yeah, that's great. And then just talking even about just like stems and everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you? Is this your main like profession? Mm-hmm. Is playing guitar, gigging, and yeah. collaborating with artists and everything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it something switched for me, both mentally and kind of. I think it started mentally and then kind of manifested in the world. But it something happened during COVID where I was like, I am cutting out everything in my life that is not strictly related to me yeah. sitar performing and and like that being my life and my path Definitely. and everything kind of as soon as I made that decision things kind of just started to materialize 
to yeah. to help that. Definitely. Yeah. I believe in that whole like you gotta manifest it, you gotta you gotta be, you know, disciplined and committed to it also at the same time. Yeah, that's that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Um but also just like learning to say no to things that are not really on that path for yeah me. yeah definitely that yeah. <laughs> that is a hard one for sure for <laughs> yeah, me. i really, feel that every yeah. day like like you know life is a balance I, and i feel like i'm like a broken record cause i keep talking about this on the podcast about everything's a balance and everything but it really is and with that balance if you have a goal you got to focus on it and you can't let any distractions or whatever come between it and yeah you know props to you for doing that man oh, thank that's, you that's awesome to hear thank you Wow. Perfect. Yeah, just checking on it. Um, yeah, no worries. No worries. But, you know, would you say also what helped you um, in that time was Instagram? Did oh, Instagram yeah, big time. Give big you time. Like that? It kind of gave you uh, another, like, I guess I don't know if the right word is clients. Or... Yeah, so, so there was, um, during covid i i kind of realized the power of social media and and i realized that like oh i am making music for hours every single day i'm practicing my sitar for hours a day like it takes me 20 minutes to make a video and put it put it on the internet and if i just do that consistently it will it will happen the algorithm will see Yeah. yeah yeah um so that was a big one, and then there's been a couple times where both on TikTok and Instagram, um, a, a video just like caught the algorithm like crazy mm. and, and pushed it out to a ton of people, and I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, and, um, that has helped a lot. Definitely, that's yeah. that's great. I feel like that's always, at least for some people who I know here, like that's like a struggle, and I'm with them just yeah, because like. Yeah, yeah. You're here for the music, right? And it's like, yeah. like, and sometimes maybe it's just being an old person kind of mindset, but it's like, forget the algorithm, just play your instruments and jam out. But that's yeah. the way to like get your music out there or who you are yeah. in real life. And, and I talk to a lot of like creative people and other producers and artists and mm-hmm. extremely creative people. And, and I've noticed this trend among mm-hmm. those types of people of like, oh, you know fuck social media like yeah, it's definitely. just this dumb thing we're fighting algorithms and and i'm like no you are like an artist a really creative person you have to look at these social media platforms definitely. like a like an bit, art form yeah an art form yeah i think yeah, it's better you know? um and and figure out how to because if you're posting on social media because you feel like you have to or you're manager is telling you like you have to make this many posts and you have to like reach this many people mm. it's going to feel like a chore but if you, if you can find a way to make it like a fun creative yeah act Definitely. then it's then it creates excitement for yourself and you're less concerned about how many people it gets out to or how many people like it or whatever and you just start thinking of it like a like um like a artistic medium mm-hmm. um that helped me a lot once I kind Sweet. of like changed my mindset. Yeah, that. no, I I love that. I think that's because I did. I still do. I've been working on it, seeing it like more as a, like a creative out. Like this is a yeah. place where this is your platform and make it creative, make it fun, make it a place where people can learn something. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just like okay, I gotta post it this time, this time, this time, and yeah. we'll see if we get more followers. Definitely. Yeah. 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 It's a tricky one. It's it's like. 
social media has changed so much in the past like five years or so yeah it, it went from a place of like oh i'm playing a show this is like i gotta like go post and like tell people i'm playing the show to like no it's it's People aren't going to share your show flyer if they don't know who you are. Definitely. But they are going to show, like, they are going to share a dope video of you playing music that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think definitely when you uh, bring the techno and the sitar, it blows people's minds, you know? Yeah. Just because, and also, like you said, when you get a rhythm, and then when you see you in <laughs> the vibe, it's like the other person, do, you know, people are going to connect on that level, and it's just like, it's a good groovy vibe, and who's not going to love it? Um, and then, yeah, just the scenic background that you're always in. So definitely, I think all that matters so much. And um, for people who are listening to this, you know, take this and make it in a creative way because definitely it feels like sometimes a chore like doing videos and stuff and like when you're in your mind are you just like doing what Evan wants to do make a song and then just like we're just going to capture it if people enjoy it great if they don't that's on them yeah it's 100% that it's it's like this is cool to me so if it's cool to me chances are it's at least one other person is going to think it's cool too so why not why not do it and sweet and let somebody else yeah, feel good. Yeah, yeah, we love it. We love yeah. it. And I mean, also, I saw um, you have a concert coming up. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In you Los talk Angeles. Talk about that a yeah, little bit. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. So that? March eleventh. I'm I'm very excited about this because I don't throw my own shows very often. It's Definitely. very rare for me to like organize my own thing mm-hmm. and put it on. And I've I've started. Last year was I did my first one called the Evan Hatfield Experience, Sweet. where it's basically. Um, I, I'm organizing a show and inviting some of my favorite other musicians to um, to play. And this one, um, we have Morello, which he's Sweet. like an incredible producer and somebody I've, I've got to collaborate with on tracks multiple times. And, and yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm Sweet. really excited about that. Heck yeah. I mean, how many musicians would you say are coming through to this or performing? It's just the two of us. Just the it's two just, of he's, us. Yeah, Morello's opening. He's doing his set, and then I'm doing my set, and we might play together at some oh, point. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Is there, would you say, a big sitar community down in SoCal, or is it just, I know you and your teacher and then the student, but There's, anyone? It's small. Okay. It's small, but it's close-knit. Um, I would say... Most of the people who come to my shows are not there because they're interested in sitar or Indian okay. classical music. Okay, definitely. Um, there is a bit of that there, for sure. Definitely. Um, but from my ex- experience of it, and it's so hard to gauge sometimes, but mm-hmm. it seems like um, it's mostly people who are there to just see something more unique and unusual. Definitely appreciate the art and yeah. the craft of it. That's cool, for sure. I mean, I I mean, I don't. I never really know what's in SoCal with the with the community versus you know here in San Francisco. The community's pretty, it's pretty big because you got yeah. Berkeley over there and yeah. everything, and then Marin. So. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's always there's a Indian classical music program at UCLA. Okay. So there are. A lot of college students who get exposed to Indian classical music through there, but it's it's probably a much bigger scene up here. 
Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, for sure, like, yes, there are, like, a lot of psychedelic bands, and so sitaris in mm-hmm. Berkeley will come and join or play, and, yeah. but then also, uh, the Hare Krishna Temple is so big in Berkeley, yeah. and, like, they're not connected to school here in Marin, but, like, my teacher, he goes a lot over there, he sometimes invites me to go join him, and so, like, there is, like, you get to both aspects of the religious aspect in this culture, and then, you know, the tech slash... Uh, psychedelic rock scene for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. I think you're definitely right there it's definitely but you know it's great that everyone's connected through social media yeah exactly exactly Which is it's a it's a small world yeah yeah it really <laughs> is have you ever though ever like played at the Hare Krishna temples or like in a religious aspect um I don't think I have I've played I played at a Buddhist temple in Southern California for cool. um an event they were doing there and um i've definitely played for some kirtans back in the day and cool. and that sort of thing and you know it's always a good time yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. yeah yeah we we love it we're here for it um <laughs> do you ever still perform traditional ragas or events you know have the whole it's rare okay. it's it's rare that i do that um and i think part of it Part of it is that my fusion stuff has just taken off in a way that I haven't expected it to, so I'm mm. n- I'm not having to take every kind of Indian gig that that comes, mm-hmm. um, and and also another part of it is like Indian classical music is such a like difficult difficult thing to to perform yeah. straight pure Indian classical mm. music is so much more difficult than what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have, you don't have to tell me. Like, I, I already know that every day. Like, I like just jamming with the rock guys and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. just more just me trying to figure out little melodies and stuff. But totally, yeah. totally. Um, I've done a few recitals um, with my sitar teacher, um, and that's always a really good time. And it's always very... To play on stage with my sitar teacher is like one of the most humbling experiences yeah, that I can ever have because it's so easy with a, especially being a sitar player who's outside of India and outside of the really strict Indian classical music scene. Definitely, it's so easy to lose track of like how incredible some of these players yeah, are, you know. Definitely, and it's like when you hear that you're like oh whoa okay this is like yeah this it, is a few lifetimes beyond where i'm at definitely <laughs> different level is is your goal at some point for like you or both of you to go over to india and spend yes. some time for a while yeah I've, I've been trying i wanted to go after i graduated music school in 2020 cool. and in spring of 2020 yeah. was when i wanted to go but you know world had other plans um, yeah yep yep it did <laughs> and then when things started to open back up um i started to get a lot busier so i'm hoping that will happen soon yeah it, it will you know yeah. india ain't going anywhere it's not it's so, been yeah. there for a while and yeah. i don't think it's it's going anywhere but but it, it does feel like one of those kind of life missions that Definitely. my life if I never went, my life would definitely feel incomplete. Definitely. In just go there a few months. Go to some of the places yeah. where even your teacher learned or, yeah, or something. Just exactly. like be a part of the culture and understand it for sure. Yeah. 
It's yeah. just like learning a language. You know, people try to teach you Spanish. But really, if you want to fully understand, you got to go yeah. to the country, be immersed with it, and so actually true. just be kind of forced upon it. And then it makes you really understand it, for sure. So true. Which is great. But even just talking about, you know, you taking sitar and then adding techno. I had this discussion so many times with other sitarists. And it's just, what is the idea of taking this beautiful culture and bringing it to a different genre? Like, mm -hmm. I always think about, like, I always, I don't, I don't know if the right word's worry, but I always think about, like, a cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. I'm a white guy. Yeah, and, like, I know, I, I know. I always want to respect the instrument and, like, should I try to follow the rules in a raga when yeah. I play this instrument or It's something? It's tricky. It's tricky. It's a lot like, um... First of all, I'll, I'll say that if I get too far off of my riaz, of my, of my practice, just pure sitar practice, yeah. my fusion stuff starts to feel like a facade. Okay, like, it, yeah. it starts to feel like mm -hmm. I'm doing something unethically. Definitely. So, it's almost like I... I and, and it's kind of just my own personal way of balancing it, is like, if I'm not strictly practicing sitar um like i i need that to kind of ground what i'm doing in a, in a definitely way. um yeah it's it's a tricky thing and and it's the the majority of the indian community that i've talked to about what i'm doing are very stoked on the fact that i'm exposing cool. sitar and Indian classical music to a more Western audience. Definitely. And there have been a few, you know, comments on Instagram posts and, and things like that at certain points of like, you're a white, you know, like you're not They're just playing haters, this right. Yeah. And which is fine. And, and I also kind of look at it a lot like, are you familiar with the term like a jazz Nazi? Yep, yep. Okay, yep, it's yep. it's it seems like a very similar kind of thing. There there's always going to be a certain percentage of people who are just not going to like what you're doing. And you just gotta you know, embrace that. You <laughs> yeah, know, and exactly. Understand you. you can't please everyone. <clears throat> exactly, and and it's so true. And and some of them that I've I've talked to about this, it's like if you're life is Indian classical music. If your life is like like trying to be the very best like Drupad singer. Yeah. You know, like you're gonna look at this white dude playing sitar with techno and be like, this is absolute garbage. Like yeah. and it's just how it is, you know, it's like that's that's fine and I mm -hmm. totally get it. Um yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a great way just to sum it up because like first of all, I feel like you're what the other people are saying, you're paving a way because for people who maybe never heard of what a sitar is, mm -hmm. half the time I get guitar thingy, mm -hmm. which is like, oh God, that's, a, yeah. that's its own story. But like people who don't know what it is, then they search it up, they learn about it, and yeah. maybe they start getting into it and actually learning the traditional ways. You yeah, know? exactly, it, exactly. And I think also, because I'm playing a lot in this sort of like transformative festival scene, yeah. like the you know, Burning Man and Lightning in a Bottle and these kind of festivals is there, there is a lot of like sitar players who have never studied before who yeah. are like bringing sitars, making it sound cool. And people are like, wow, sitar is so cool. And, and so I do feel like there is a space for me in that sort of scene mm -hmm. to expose sitar yeah. in, in a more refined sense. Sweet. 
Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's great. And I love what you're doing. It inspires me every day. Even though <laughs> I don't do the techno music, per mm-hmm. se, I still inspires me just to work on my skills and yeah. try to be a better musician and person who appreciates such a beautiful instrument. So, yeah, that's great to hear, man. Do you want to play some stuff? I'd love to. Yeah. Sweet. Um, let me grab my phone so I can get a tumble. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So rock I've been working on a lot lately is Ahir Baida. like a short lop and a little joy. Thank you. 
beautiful, man. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, that, again, it just puts you in another mindset, especially like kind of full circle about like in the morning, you something playing something like that, it just brightens your day or just maybe just a clearer thought, you know, or if you're having like, you know, because we're, we're humans, so sometimes there's always some conflict or whatever and going to something like something just a creative, whatever it is, something like sitar or painting or poetry, doing that, it really helps you like, I don't know, for me, it helps me get out of my struggles, I feel like. It's something, I don't know what's yeah. the word I'm looking for, but it's something just calming. Definitely, definitely. When you play sitar, do you as, like get like a spiritual aspect of it when you play? Do you just get into another, like, in another world <coughs> to play? Yeah, there's a certain... I'm sorry, I'm... Yeah, yeah, take um, some water, yeah, 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 it's all good, there's no rush, it's it's, all good. we're all here, we're all having a good time. How you, <clears throat> how you doing, Kat? Doing great. Doing great, <laughs> we love it. I'm not used to talking so much. Yeah, yeah, like, man, well, like... I, you know, get to, let people know who you are, we'll get a little bit more insight here, <laughs> yeah, which is great. Definitely. Um, there's a certain stillness that happens when I practice, like mentally, and it feels like the chaos of the world kind of ceases for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Do you feel that, though, when you play other instruments as well? Like, I know you do sax and a little bit keys, but it's <coughs> only just sitar where you feel that high. There, There's a sense of stillness and freedom in whenever I play music, but particularly sitar, it's kind of accentuated. Definitely. Yeah, I think... I mean, I, I was vibing. I don't know if uh, any of you guys, but I was definitely <laughs> feeling that for sure, which is which is really great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the only other questions I have, you know, is mm -hmm. that, you know, what are your goals for uh, 2023 here? And <clears throat> what, what do you want people to know? <clears throat> How can they help? Um, I want to travel more to play. Definitely. Um, I want to play more shows, more festivals, and do more collaborations. Heck yeah. And also just be more strict on my sitar practice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's great. Um, and I <coughs> thank you, Evan, for coming in. I don't know, Kat, if you will have anything you want to say or do, or does, does Kat play sitar? <laughs> no. <laughs> I um, I've actually practiced Ayurvedic body work. Sweet. How's, how's that been? <laughs> um, it's, it's a really beautiful thing that I'm grateful to, to be a part of and to study. And it's just brought a lot of um, amazing people and gifts to my life. So grateful. We love to hear that, man. That's, that's really great. We'll have to have you on the podcast at some time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Evan, for coming on here. And I guess if people, well... I'm not gonna post this right away. I mean, so hopefully, I mean, people check out Evan's music. It's on Spotify, right? They can yep. find it anywhere, or Apple Music, or anything. We'll leave a link. Leave, you know, we'll tag him. Everything. Just uh, want to say thank you again for spending your time here because this was like for me a moment to like <laughs> you know have this with you and as well with you, Kat, and just like connecting with people. You know, I think something about 
you know, you can say whatever you want about social media. I get it. I'm there too sometimes. <laughs> but when you can bring like-minded or just good-hearted folks together and just talk and have a moment, it, it's very meaningful. I don't know what's the word, but I, I appreciate you guys' time. So thank so you so true. much. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys, thanks for listening to Grantastic. Stay hydrated. Drink your water. Go for daily walks. And do what you love. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>